Well, good morning. Am I? Uh, yeah, there I am. Good morning. Take your Bible. Join me in Second Corinthians chapter twelve. <coughs> I want to do a couple of things with you this morning. <coughs> in the spirit of life on life. As you know, I've been a pastor for nearly 30 years. One of the great joys I have as a pastor is preparing people to be married. I know a lot of pastors may not enjoy weddings, but I do. And I enjoy the process that prepares people to be married. And over the years... I have come to conclude some things, whether it's preparing couples to be married or it's dealing with couples who have been married, trying to coach them back to a place that they started to pursue, but for whatever reason had been frustrated in securing the, the wonder that drew them together, the pursuit of true love. And... Uh, I've come to learn some things, and one of those things I'm going to give to you this morning, Life on Life, and it has to do with, if you don't get anything else about loving, get this. If you don't get anything else about marriage, get this. Because this is the cornerstone conviction that I've come to understand and believe as it relates to enjoying the richest human relationship God has ever provided. And I said to this to you back in the fall, the, the most important relationship you have apart from your relationship with God, if God should deem that you would be married, it will be with your spouse. And most of you have a desire for that. Most of you will have the opportunity to be married. And I have the opportunity even this semester to coach some of you as you prepare to get married this spring. I just performed my first wedding ceremony in January after a year uh, having moved from Birmingham. And so I wanted to talk about true love today. And I also want to talk about this key statement. Because as you develop relationships, I want you to understand this. Here's my bottom line. The key to marriage, despite what Hallmark says, by the way, do you watch Hallmark movies? I do. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> but I could write every script, couldn't you? I mean, it's always somebody looking for somebody and hasn't found somebody and they're getting older and they think it's impossible and somebody they didn't expect from where they didn't expect and all of a sudden, boom, it's there. They found true love. Or maybe it's Princess Bride, Mawich and True Love. Or <laughs> I don't know where you get your view about relationship. I hope it's not Hallmark. <laughs> And I hope it's not the Princess Bride. I do hope it's the Word of God. Because here's what I want to uh, share, life on life, me to you. The key to marriage is not so much finding true love, but expressing it. 
See, one of the things you're going to learn in relationship, it's not so much making the other person what you want them to be, it's being the person you're supposed to be. The greatest asset you have in order to experience what God has designed and what you truly desire is to be who you're supposed to be, to express true love. Yes, it's important to find the right person, but it's significantly important to be the right person. Yes, it's important to seek and desire to find true love, but foundationally, the secret to true love is expressing true love. And yes, being able to identify what love really is in a world that has romanticized it, fantasized it, and distorted it. So I want to take you to a passage of Scripture that I've come to truly appreciate, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul expresses in the context of ministry the characteristics of what I'm going to call true love. You know, love is other-centered. Love is sacrificial. We know love by this, 1 John 3.16. Everybody knows John 3.16, but you ought to memorize 1 John 3.16. We know love by this, that he himself, referring to Jesus Christ, emphatic, he personally, himself, laid down his life for us. We know love as something extraordinarily sacrificial, something you do because you want to, something you do not because you have to, something you do at great expense for us. Who were we? We were enemies of God, hostile towards God, undeserving. It's love, other-centered behavior, sacrificial behavior, for us behavior, even at great cost, even if we don't deserve it. True love is sacrificial. True love is unconditional. True love is because I want to. It's personal. You don't pay somebody to do it. It comes out of your own heart and life. True love is because you need something I alone can provide. True love is other-centered. We know love by this, that he, laid, he himself laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for one another. True love is different than what Hallmark might say or our culture might say. But I like this passage. I like this passage because it frames love in a way that I think is most unique. And this is what it means to express true love. And I'm going to suggest to you, this is not only what you're seeking, this is what you need to commit yourself to expressing. I'll say to you, those of you that are dating, those of you that are pursuing relationship, don't think when you walk the aisle that somebody, male or female, is going to morph into this person. If they're not this person in growing maturity, if they're not loving this way in process, you ought not be going down the aisle with them. So many people think that the characteristics of a, a true love or a good man or a good woman, a good husband, a good wife, somehow you, you make a covenant vow in front of a lot of people, you make promises, and somehow you're going to morph into something you haven't been all along. If you do not see these characteristics in the individual that you're pursuing, if you're not expressing these characteristics, you are not ready to be married. 
2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. Let's start with 14. True love. My key statement is, the key to true love is not finding it, but expressing it. It is not finding the right person, it is being the right person. A person who is characterized by these principles and practices. Verse 14, here, for this third time I am ready to come to you. I will not be a burden to you, for I do not seek what is yours, but you. I don't want your stuff. I want a relationship with you. It's you that matter to me. For children are not responsible to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. It's kind of interesting. What he's saying is basically, this is not an obligation you have to pay or to invest into this relationship. You're my spiritual children. I'm the spiritual parent. It's my job to invest in you. It's my job to give to you. This is not about me getting something from you. It's about me giving something to you. Which is the setup for verse 15. When I first got married, my wife cross-stitched, Karen cross-stitched this verse. It is my single favorite verse in the Bible when it comes to true love and the pursuit of a heart that allow you to experience it. Verse 15. And I'm going to quote it. I, I use the New American Standard. It is my favorite translation. Very precise, very literal. As a teacher, I love the way it translates the original languages. But I'm going to translate this verse in the King James. Because this is one of the few cases exegetically where I believe the King James is superior in its rendition of the intention of verse 15. So I'm going to quote it. Here's true love. Here's Paul expressing true love to a group of people that he loved. I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Even though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. True love is I will very gladly spend and be spent for you, even though the more abundantly I love, the less I be loved. Apart from 1 John 3.16, I know of no better verse expressing the characteristics of true love. This is what you need to express to experience it. This is what you need to receive to taste it. It is rare. And it is characterized by these things. True love, number one, requires a willful determination. A heartfelt resolution. Verse 15, I will. The foundation of true love is a resolution of the heart. The two most important words about biblical loving is the resolution and the commitment and the determination to live out true love. True love is not convenient love. True love is committed love. Because true love isn't easy. 
True love is the commitment of the heart. It's not fair weather love. It's not if I'm in the mood love. It's not if the, the, the job is going well love. It's not if everything is happening the way I want love. It's not if you make me happy love. It is a commitment which says I will. I am determined. The greatest secret to true love begins in the conviction of the heart that says, I will love you. We live in a world of emotional love, infatuation love. You treat me well, I'll treat you well, love. This is a resolution of the heart. True love is a determination, a commitment. It is no matter what love. That's why I love the fact that biblical marriage is a covenant. It's not a contract. I will even if you don't. You express that kind of love, I'm going to argue you're going to experience that kind of love. It's provocative in the most winsome way. Verse 15, I will, now watch these words. True love requires a willful determination of from your heart resolution. Number two, true love requires an unnatural, other-centered passion. Verse 15, I will, watch this, most gladly spend and be expended for your souls, for you. I will very gladly spend and be spent. A for you, here it is, true love. A for you and at my expense, passion. Now listen, if you're dating and if you ever have the opportunity to become a husband, you're going to understand, every husband understands the word spend. True love is expensive. True love says, I will spend my stuff at the cost of external things. Money, means, resource. True love invests. True love's expensive. Paul says, I'm going to spend on you. I'm going to utilize my resources. I'm going to leverage my assets, my stuff, my money, my means, my effort. Every husband understands spend. Some husbands and some men, some people, understand be spent. I will very gladly spend and be spent. Let me tell you what he's not talking about. He's not talking about money, stuff, and means. He's not talking about the investment and expense of external things. He's talking about the investment and the spending of internal things. He's talking about the giving of himself. True love requires the giving of yourself, the cost of internal things, the priceless internal stuff, the cost of yourself, the giving of your heart, the giving of your strength, 
the giving of your energy, the giving of your souls, the giving, the giving of your soul, assets internal, emotional, personal, the real you, the stuff that's priceless, the stuff that you don't share just with anyone or anybody. True love is a for you passion which says, I'm going to spend, I'm going to invest my stuff, and I'm going to invest myself. Some husbands, some lovers understand be spent. But very few understand very gladly at my expense. The Bible says in verse 15, Paul wrote, I will, determined resolution, very gladly spend and be spent. Very gladly, true love is unnatural, it's other-centered, and it's an unnatural passion which says, I can't wait, I'm enthused and inflamed, it brings joy to my heart to give and not get, to pay and not receive, to pay the tab, to invest more, both inwardly and outwardly, True love is unnatural because true love is I can't wait to spend myself and my stuff for you. It makes me glad. It thrills my heart. I want what you need. I would rather give than get. This is about you, not me. In our culture, it's about how you make me feel. It's about how many needs I have that you meet. True love is about joyously meeting the needs of someone else. True love is about gladly spending and paying the price to the end that you can meet the needs of someone else. True love is an unnatural, because are we not self-interested naturally? What's in it for me? What do you do for me? True love isn't about you. It's about them. True love finds its greatest joy in investing in them. If you're in a dating relationship, you're in a, on my final approach to a wedding relationship, you need to know that you're in a relationship with someone who can't wait finds joy and pleasure in investing themselves and their means in meeting needs. And you need to be the kind of person who says, and I'm committed to that no matter what. True love is unnatural. It is a very gladly expense. Not that I have to. I can't wait. Thirdly, and this is the kicker, which is why I like the King James translation better than my own because mine can give the impression that, hey, I'm loving you a lot, you ought to love me too. I mean, really, I'm loving you like this, shouldn't you love me back? That is not what this text is saying. 
what this text is saying turns on the very last phrase, which is, even though. Even though the more abundantly I love you, the less you love me. Finally, true love is not only a willful determination, an unnatural, other-centered passion, a for-you-at-my-expense passion, but a Christ-like reflection which goes like this. And this is the bottom line to true love. It's what you express, and it's what you hope to experience. I will, even if you don't. I will even if I do a lot and even if you don't at all or very little. The end of verse 15 says, even if, even though, the more abundantly I love you, the more and more I love you, spending my assets, spending myself on you, even though the more abundantly I love you, it should be the case that you love me less, I'm going to keep on loving I will even if you don't. That's why it's a Christ-like reflection. Because God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Were we loving? We weren't loving. Yet despite the fact that we were not loving, as a matter of fact, we were hostile, he loved us anyway, giving his life for us. True love is not reciprocating love. True love is not if you will, I will. True love is not because you did, I will. True love is even if you don't, I will. Even if the more and more I express other-centered for your benefit, affection, investment, even if I do that and you don't, I'm still loving you. Because true love is covenant love. True love is no matter what love. True love is not something you do because somebody's done it to you. Remember Jesus saying, in the Sermon on the Mount, if you love those who love you, what is that? Even the Gentiles who don't know God know how to do that. I want you to learn to express true Christian love, God-like love, Christ-like love. Love your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. key to marriage, the key to relationship, the key to true love is expressing that kind of love. Even if you don't, I will. Now listen, I'm not talking about codependent. I'm not talking about letting somebody be abusive. It's a different issue. I'm talking about when someone is not giving what you're longing for, you give it anyway. Well, how are you going to do that? You see, I called spending a for-you-at-my-expense passion unnatural because it's not natural to be other-centered. This third ingredient of true love, 
I will even if you don't, that's supernatural. Frankly, that is absolutely impossible unless the love of God is being poured out on you, through you, because of your connection in your relationship with God. You cannot love this way humanly. You cannot be sacrificial like this humanly. You cannot keep on loving when someone's not reciprocating humanly. Colossians chapter 3, it says to husbands, Husbands, love your wives. Present active imperative. It's a command. It's a present progressive. It's a habit of life. Let it be the habitual pattern of your life to love like this. And then it goes on to say, second key verb, and don't ever be embittered, which is a way of saying don't ever be harsh with her. Don't let the injury that you receive by not receiving what you long for, despite your loving, drive you to unkind, harsh behavior. Be gentle with her. Implication is she's not always going to deliver, but you keep on loving anyway. And as you're loving, despite her lack, make sure you're gentle, not harsh, not forceful. Gals, I'll tell you what, if you're with a guy who you're not giving what he's desiring, when he gets demanding and he gets hard, when you're not delivering what is expected, you need to recognize you're some way quite a distance from what true love really looks like. True love is not demanding. And true love is not hurtful or abusive or unkind or harsh when it doesn't receive what it longs for. Husbands, you love your wife as a habitual pattern of life like this. And if she's not loving in return and not following, and respectfully, that's verse 18, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands that is fitting in the Lord. Hupotasso, range yourself under his leadership, not because you're lesser, you're, you're his equal. You're just not, because of God's design, the leader of the home, follow him willfully, submissively, voluntarily, like Jesus followed the will of the Father, not because he was lesser, but because that was his God-ordained role. Do that. But husbands, if she doesn't do that, keep on loving her. And don't be harsh with her. Be gentle with her. Love her like Christ loved you. How are you going to do that? You have to walk with God. In order to produce the fruit of the Spirit, of which love is the first expression, you need to walk in the Spirit. You need to abide in the vine. You need to connect to God relationally, in His Word, by His Spirit, in prayer, devotionally, taking time daily for God alone to the end that God can fill you with a love that's not natural but supernatural. Give you the margins of a heart when they're not loving you, you're loving them. When they're not fulfilling and satisfying and responding, though you love them more abundantly, the less you be loved and you keep on coming because God keeps on giving. Which is why 1 Peter chapter 3 tells wives who have AWOL husbands, women whose husbands are not following the Lord, you win him without a word by the conduct of your life because of your gentle, quiet, Christ-like, 
respectful spirit, hoping in God. There's power in the way you live to provoke a change that no amount of words can secure. The way you move someone you care about to be what they ought to be is to express the love that you desire to receive. Because the key to true love is not finding it, it's expressing it. And when you express it, I'm going to argue you will find it. Those are the defining features of true love. As I've come to understand it, both as a husband and as a pastor, the key is being who you should be. It's not just finding the right person. Surely that's important. It's being the right person. And if you understand that, would you say amen? amen. You will not hear this on the Hallmark Channel. You will rarely see this. But you need to experience this. You need to express this. Because what your heart longs for is the product of pursuing it. Find that person, but more than anything, be that person. Father, thank you for the time we have shared in your word today. Help us to live in such a way that time with you is natural so that we can express a passion that is unnatural. And we can express a love that is supernatural. Help us to resolve and recognize that without you, we really can do nothing. Help us to understand that we need the grace that you give and the fruit of your spirit in order to love abundantly and not be loved back and keep on loving anyway. We need your grace to spend and be spent. Lord, we live in a culture of fallen humanity. Even in the Christian community, we bear the scars of Adam's fall. And Lord, we're not responded to in the ways that we want. Our hearts get injured and they can get hard. Lord, we have not necessarily grown up in a home where we've seen it. We've not necessarily had modeled for us these criteria and these requirements of love. Lord, help us to bear the marks that express your love for us. Help us to be what we're not because you're making us what we should be. Lord, the reason we romanticize true love is because we're built for it. Help us to experience it because we learn to express it. Help us to very gladly spend and be spent. Even though the more abundantly we love, the less we be loved. For your honor, for your glory, for the blessing of others, and for the satisfaction of our heart, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.